It is April 29th, 2019. This is the Wrestling Inc. podcast, Monday Night Raw. I'm Glenn Rubenstein, joined by Matt Morgan. Raj Geary, what did we just watch? It was three hours of professional wrestling. <laughs> there were some announcements for Money in the Bank. Uh, Bray Wyatt segment was cool, but let's say we forget all that and just talk Cobra Kai for an hour. What do you guys think? <laughs> okay. <laughs> uh, watching the 10 hours of Cobra Kai went a lot faster than tonight's Raw. I'll, I'll give you I'll yeah. give that much. <laughs> yeah, this took forever to go by. Yeah, it was something else. Uh, where were we tonight? Where was Raw broadcasting from tonight, Raj? Uh, Kentucky, University of Kentucky. Okay, kind of a hot crowd. They were hot for the opening segment, at least, and I felt like they brought it for some of the matches and uh, some of the segments tonight. We uh, opened up with announcements about Money in the Bank, Alexa Bliss coming out to introduce Braun Strowman, Ricochet, Drew McIntyre, and Baron Corbin. Now, Braun won last year. Uh, Baron won the year before that. And, uh, yeah, they popped for Ricochet. They popped a little for Drew. What did you think of this segment and these four guys being from Raw uh, in Money in the Bank, Matt? Great opportunity here to really build Ricochet, I think. Yeah. Ladder match seems like it's custom made for the guy, right? Yeah, it does. Yeah, I mean, I think having Ricochet in to do all the high flying, um, and then you have Braun in to do all the big man stuff, like, you know, the power stuff, throwing ladders around, catching people. Uh, so, so those were, I thought those were two good choices. The one thing I thought was, again, with WWE, uh, with the storytelling and, and having matches that mean something, why not ha put these guys in matches to have to qualify for the money in the bank? So that way you're not just throwing them in this tag match. That means absolutely nothing, but you're putting them in matches where it matters if they win or lose. And people are intrigued to find out who makes it. So I just thought like with this again, with the women later, by not having any stakes in any of the matches tonight, it just felt like a total throwaway throwaway show when they could easily done it. Yeah. The last year, did they do qualifiers, or did they just name the guys? I don't remember, but they had done in the past. Yeah, yeah I feel like it's worse. been a while. I feel like they've just been just on cruise control, uh, you know, with the creative. I mean, there's just very little innovative that you see on on WWE programming nowadays. Even the AJ Seth thing that we're going to get to later uh, was very formulaic. Um, it, it's just by the numbers, and with, when you got something so easy, you know, qualifying matches, and they don't go that route, it just <laughs> I don't know. Just makes it these shows can be hard to watch. They, they they're just not exciting, even though the action can be really good on it. And Money in the Bank should be a slam dunk every year. Matt Morgan, would it surprise you? Wrestling Inc. has had the stories on this. WWE has been losing writers and losing creative. A lot of turnover back there. Would that surprise you watching this product? Um, no, but I mean. It's a very rough job. It's a very tough job, very demanding job. And I argue the people they go out and recruit to become writers don't eat, sleep, and drink this business. Like, you need to to work there and be successful. I, that's why I always think, like, former wrestlers that are very creative would make the best creative team members. Yeah. Well, they're used to the grind, right? I mean, they're it's used to the grind. They're used to the demand, but their heart and soul is in it. Most importantly, where the other writers, I, I worry that they would just think about it like they would Seinfeld or any other TV shows that they had previously written for, and just as a quote-unquote job. This is not just a job. This is a little bit different than that. And I always think they should have that <clears throat> point of view. 
It's interesting, you know, one of the uh, former WWE writers I follow on Twitter, Tom Casiello, came from a world of soap operas. That's a very breakneck pace as well. They're writing a lot. They're doing stuff every day. Um, it's tough. And I think given the week that we've had, right, where you had Avengers Endgame ca came out, we've had Cobra Kai drop, we had Game of Thrones, all doing these things. Everyone online has been, oh, my God, WWE should, you know, hire a real TV writer. But you're right. This isn't. You go into a writer's room, maybe you work three months breaking the story, writing the scripts, and then you take nine months off to recharge and come back with your great ideas for the next season. This is day in, day out, and you're working with Vince McMahon that will change anything he doesn't like before it goes on the air. Right, and that's a problem. Yeah, the, yeah. Yeah, the problem isn't so much a writer problem, it's a Vince problem. You know, like He completely rewrites the show the day of so often. I mean, anytime you you hear these former WWE writers on a podcast or anything they'll talk about these different ideas they had and all these you know all these storylines that they suggest that just get shot down never go anywhere uh, completely nixed at the last minute and then you you have 30 writers and then the show you end up seeing is kind of the same show you've been seeing for years mhm mm yeah, and I felt that really came across tonight. Um, I mean, this was paint by numbers. If you told me they had two writers working this week and they just had to throw something together, going from these four guys and then Broad Strowman saying the words, well, how about we go in a tag match, me and Ricochet versus you two? I'm just like, good Lord. <laughs> yeah, They're just rewriting old episodes of Raw at this point. Yeah. Yeah. You know? Wouldn't that be funny, Raj, if they're opening up the Wrestling Inc. recap and just saying, take this and change the names? <laughs> yeah. yeah, exactly. Yeah. Um, so the tag match was all right. I mean, the, the faces won. Ricochet and Braun Strowman picked up a win over Drew McIntyre and Baron Corbin. Um, you know what's terrible? Had you got, I'd forgotten that Braun Strowman won last year, Money in the Bank. Mm -hmm. Yeah, it was, same here. Because it was so weird the way he announced his cash-in then did it, and then lost. I don't know. It was. I know, Sarah Goose, because they made him so meaningless that there's really not much time for him to come on your TV screen to even hit a note of remembrance of what he's done in the past because it's like he's not on enough, and when he is, it's in, usually something stupid that they have him in. You know what I mean? So, like, really don't get those elements that you do like when Seth Rollins is on your screen right when Seth is on there it's kind of hard to forget he was in the shield it's kind of hard to forget that he's the man it's kind of hard to forget some of his other successful storylines when he turned on the shield members right and went heel there's so many different things that come into your head right when you naturally see him with Braun because the most of what's been in our head is holy bleep how the hell can they still continue to book this guy wrong that's all that's in your head. So a year of that, after it goes by, you start to forget some of those uh, achievements. Yeah, I mean, you look at you look at Raw sometimes. Like, man, it feels like there's no stars on the show. It feels like everyone's been turned into a mid carter. But you see all these guys that could have been or have been at some point. That you know, the booking just like they were up there in the main events. Braun was there, and now he's just kind of you know, uh, just wallowing around, you know, with and the mid card and. Um, yeah. And they need him. They need top guys. So, I mean, and with Braun, uh, the one thing last year, remember, he didn't, he didn't really actually lose. He had cashed in, but then he lost. I think he won the match by DQ or something. Shield interfered. Um, so it was, he cashed in his money in the bank, but he never lost that cash in, which seems like something they should, they should fix as far as the stip goes. Mm-hmm. The Usos came out tonight, said they had to show people something they've never seen before, uh, but first they were going to have a match. 
That was the Usos versus Gallows and Anderson. Gallows and Anderson have also come over from SmackDown Live. Uh, Raj, you and I both tweeting, who does SmackDown have left in terms of tag teams? Because uh, they're taking these guys. I mean, it's uh, looking pretty bare over there. And tomorrow night, depending on what the Hardys have to say about Jeff's injury, um, we'll even see if we have champions on SmackDown tomorrow night. Yeah, you've got – who do you got? You got the – I mean, someone had sent it to me. You got, like, the clones. Um, heavy machinery. Heavy machinery. Uh, the B team. Now, New day, uh, technically, with Big E injured. B- B- yeah, Big E is injured. And, and uh, Nakamura and Rusev, I guess. I mean, that's... To think, you know, for... What is it, like two years we've been talking about how the SmackDown division was stacked and tag team, tag team division was stacked. And now it's just been gutted completely. Yeah. So Gallows and Anderson. Matt, you, you're fans of these guys. You know these guys. This is like their most prominent match in ages, and they didn't squash them. They actually let him really have a match here tonight. Yeah, I was excited for that. I thought it was a very good match, though, for what it's worth, you know. Yeah, I hope they give them something, but it looks like they're uh, catapulting the Usos right into this feud with the Revival. Which I'm fine with. So, Raj, what do you make of the rumor today that the Revival have not accepted their supposed quarter of a million dollars each per year, five-year contract that each of them have been offered that they haven't said yes to? I don't believe that. I do not believe that number. (laughs) <laughs> um, I don't care who reported it I do not believe either one of them are being offered $250,000 per year That's bullshit I'm calling it right now Well the money offers have gone up since AEW I'm sure, it, I'm sure it has And I'm a huge fan of both those guys You guys mm-hmm. know I am and I talk about them religiously And what a fan of them I am They're the best tag team in wrestling for my, for my money For what I like to watch with tag team wrestling But again no way on God's green earth either one of those two guys being offered two hundred and fifty thousand oh. dollars per year. No, pardon me, I had it wrong, Matt. It's, it's five hundred thousand. It's five hundred thousand a year each for five years. So two point five million each. I'm gonna put, I'm going to put my house on the on the line right now that that's even more bullshit. <laughs> oh well, my God, who, dude? Please tell me Melzer said this or something like that because he's wrong. He was the one that confirmed it. But um, he's wrong. Didn't it originally originate with Jim Ross, who said it was. I wish, I wish the boys were getting that kind of money. I really do. I truly, truly do. But no way. Yeah, that that is what Jim Ross is saying. He's saying WWE is now offering half a million contracts, half a million dollar contracts to people not even being used on TV. Uh, to prevent them from not going to Asia. I can see that being like a Jeff Hardy who's injured, right? I can see it being um, a meg- like one of their bigger stars, you know? But the way they position these two guys, they don't even see the worth in them. We see that every single week. Mm-hmm. I don't see them just throwing money away like that. No way. The guys deserve it. Don't get me wrong. I'm just saying I know Vince and I know WWE and I know what kind of money they put out there. There's no way they're offering those two talents five five hundred grand a year. No, no, no. Now you're going to tell me Rockstar Spud's getting like seven fifty. <laughs> well, uh, let's assume it is true. Would you be shocked if the revival didn't accept that? Absolutely. They would have to have their heads examined. Boys, if that's what you're being offered, get through it. You got three years. Just get through it. Yeah. I mean, I, I love the Revival. I think the Revival are great. I don't think the Revival yeah. are going to be the breakout stars of AEW <clears throat> if they leave WWE. I think this is as good as it's going to get. If half a million a year, each five-year guarantee, like, take it. 
Take yeah, it and have be in segments know. where you're shaving your back on TV. You're gonna, <laughs> yeah, you're gonna take care of your family. You know what I mean? That's the main, the main objective. It's a business. You have them shave your pubes on TV for half a million a year, right? <laughs> That's oh. I do not believe that number for those two guys, and I will argue this all day. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I thought it was shocking as well. So tonight. After this match, Gallows and Anderson versus the Usos, which I recommend watching. Even if you skip the podcast, or, or if you listen to the podcast and skip Raw tonight, I recommend watching the Usos versus Gallows and Anderson. I thought it was a great match. Uh, the Usos won. The Usos are great. Yeah. I don't know what was going on with that opening promo. It, it sounded like they were trying to sing, and uh, there was like music going. I don't know. It was confusing. But uh, once <laughs> once the Usos are in the ring, they're they're just amazing. And they usually are good on the mic too, though. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, that's why I thought something got something got crisscrossed or something where these those were supposed to deliver a promo and then instead were just, you know, <laughs> cheering the crowd on. But it was awkward. But. It was awkward. Um, so after that match tonight, then they said, okay, we're going to show you something. And they had uh, locker room footage of the revival. Uh, Dash Wilder shaving Scott Dawson's back or was it the other way around? Who cares? It was uh, Dash Wilder shaving Scott Dawson's back. Okay, there you go. Um, How freaking stupid was this? You know, I'm all for giving the, you know these guys little storylines, backstage storylines, and 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 even comedy. But it's got to be funny. And this, like, the crowd groaned. It sucked. They were chanting back shaver or whatever later in the in the show. But I I just thought you got these two talented tag teams, and that's the best you could come up with. Uh, we're going back to like 1995 when. Uh, John Pierre Lafitte was stealing Bret Hart's jacket, and that was the impetus for their feud. You know, like it's we're getting to real uh, weak shit now. Yeah, yeah. Strange man, um, especially because God, there's such a good natural storyline built in there. The revival being their era, the Usos carrying on the legacy of their family wrestling dynasty. You could do some really cool stuff with that storyline. I don't think it's that difficult to do. But instead, we had Dash and Dawson coming out defending themselves uh, against these allegations uh, in advance of their match against Hawkins and Ryder later in the night. God, isn't it going to be weird if Hawkins and Ryder keep the titles and then we have a non-title feud, the Revival versus the Usos over backshaving? I keep thinking the Revival are the tag team champions. Like, I have to remind myself it's it's Hawkins and Ryder. They should be. Um Man, uh, so yeah, that was rough to watch. Gonna take a moment, thank the sponsor of this episode, which is SeatGeek. Oh my God, I'm missing being in New York. I'm missing going to all those Broadway shows, seeing the theater. Saw today they announced Sing Street, one of my favorite movies, is being made into a musical to debut later this year. And I am gonna go and I'm gonna use SeatGeek to get the tickets. SeatGeek is incredible. We get tweets about this from our listeners who are saying they've used it, they love it. Uh, one of our listeners went to a Garth Brooks concert. SeatGeek got him so close to the action, you could see Garth's pores up close uh absolutely looked like incredible seats he tweeted us a photo so there are a bunch of big companies out there have been around forever but they do not care about the customer experience that is not seat geek seat geek scours every ticket site in existence they pull in all the deals they know the venues they know the seats they know the act the artist they rate each pair of tickets 
based on the grade of the deal, how good of a deal it is based on if it's a green dot for a good deal, red dot, if it's overpriced, they will tell you if you are getting your money's worth. There's an interactive seat map. You could tell where you're going to be sitting exactly. And best of all, every purchase is fully guaranteed so you can shop for tickets with confidence. I've used this app on my phone. It made our trip to New York so awesome. I used it for tickets for so many different events. You've heard Raj talk about going to see Lady Gaga, Bon Jovi, the Broncos. And it is absolutely fantastic how SeatGeek has tickets for just about everything. And they're going to get you exactly the seat you want. And they're going to tell you if it's a good price or not, which is unheard of. You heard Matt make the comparison before. It's like uh, those uh, uh, airline ticket buying sites that pull in all the deals and grade them. SeatGeek is like that, but for tickets to comedy, sports, theater, concerts, and more. Highly recommend it. And best of all, our listeners are going to get $10 off their first SeatGeek purchase. Here's all you have to do. Go and download the SeatGeek app. It's available for uh, your mobile device. When you're checking out, enter our promo code INC. You're going to get $10 off your first purchase, and you can use that for whatever, concert tickets, sports, comedy, whatever you want. That's promo code INC, $10 off your first purchase with SeatGeek. I'm going to LA in two weeks, and uh, I'm excited. We're going to go see some comedy. We're going to go see some music. Going to be using SeatGeek for that. Love it. It has changed the way we go to live events, and it'll change the way you go out for entertainment as well. SeatGeek, promo code INC, save $10 off your first purchase, and we thank them for sponsoring the wrestling. And I, and, and I urge any, anyone listening, just go ahead and download the app and just do a search on WWE when you download the app. You'll see all the events that pop up, and you can just take a quick look and see uh, the ticket prices and everything that are on there. So uh, try it out. I definitely uh, you know, ask anyone that hasn't tried it to just check it out. Yes, and it's great, too. I also recommend it if you're looking for something last minute to do on a weekend, SeatGeek is going to help you find great deals. That's one thing I noticed when I was in New York. I was like, man, if you want some last minute stuff, so whether you're planning ahead or the last minute, SeatGeek has got the hookup promo code INC. Save 10 bucks. We thank them for sponsoring Wrestling Inc. So tonight, after the back shaving incident, which is forever a thing. Hopefully we don't have to say that again. <laughs> oh, they're going to have flashbacks to it next week. Yeah. We have an interview on WWE.com. Maybe they'll get a sponsorship, you know, Dollar Shave Club, make something happen. Thank God it's that and not the, the butt wipes. Um, anyhow, <laughs> we added The Miz for Miz TV. And on Miz TV, at Bobby Lashley without Leo Rush. Is it true, Raj, that Leo's got some heat? Not going to be on TV going forward. Um, well, he he does have, have some heat. That was reported last week uh, in The Observer. And, yeah, we'll, we'll just have to see what happens. But, uh Leo Rush has kind of been commenting online, kind of downplaying the reports. But, um, you know, clearly where there's smoke, there's fire. He wasn't on TV this week. Did he uh, say in the report what his heat was? Um, no. Um, no. There was a little talk that he sees himself as one of the guys, if not the guy. And then I guess he has his wife with him all the time backstage? Ooh. Oh, that wasn't... Uh, was that confirmed? No. Um, let me see here. Yeah, just uh, just that apparently he's very confident, and that's been rubbing people backstage the, uh, the wrong way. So uh, that's kind of all that's been really confirmed. Anyway. How do you navigate that, Matt? You have that perspective from the WWE locker room. Supposedly Vince loves confidence, but supposedly there's a big very thing. Different. It's very, yeah. very, very, very different today than it was when I was there. When I was there, it was much worse. You had to, like beyond kiss ass you had to shake hands 30,000 times a, a day and then sometimes when you would some of the vets would be like like dude i get it you shook my hand 50 times relax but the one minute you don't do it oh boy 
especially being seven feet, 300 pounds, be the fluorescent green target on your back. You know what I mean? Yeah. What's yeah, that I, about? I wasn't afforded that luxury. You know, you gotta, it's about frigging a, it's, it's a bunch of different things. My favorite is that a lot of them think they're tough in a very worked environment. That was always my favorite part of it, where you just want to look at someone and say, let's just go in the parking lot and handle this, right? Yeah. Just one-on-one, nobody has to know, nobody has to see, and we'll move on, we'll be friends probably after this. Like, I, I really used to wish for that back in the day, but, like, you'd be fired in a heartbeat. Because um, even when I was there, they were getting very corporate. Today, that's even more of a no-no. So you just got to grin and bear it and take these stupid little mind games they play. It's all from jealousy, usually. And, um, you know, I, I can understand the egos that it takes to get pissed off at someone like... Um, Leo Rush for having too much confidence and thinking he's too good with his spot that he's in. I think that tips your hand, actually, if you're one of the towns that are getting pissy about it, that mm. you're jealous of him in his spot, quite honestly. I would have no-sold it. You know, and if he keeps acting up, acting up, acting up, then that's a different story. But if he's not acting up or saying anything out of turn, what the hell do you really care? Yeah, you just never know sometimes. Because I remember with Enzo, a lot of people were like, oh, look for well, then, and then later, when you see how Enzo actually is, you're like, oh, I can kind of see how he had backstage. <laughs> oh, my God. Easily, you can see that. Yeah. So, um, but yeah. So, yeah, we'll we'll see. Um, I mean, Leo's super talented. He's great in the ring uh, and great on the mic. So, uh, hopefully, you know, he can work whatever it is out. And he got his spot on the main roster because Vince saw the promos and self-promotion he was doing on Twitter. And call them up to be Bobby's mouthpiece. Yeah, just him and Bobby. Just we're never given anything to, that they could really sink their teeth into that they could really get going. I mean, they're entertaining, but you kind of forget they're around until they're on TV. And I feel like there's a lot more you could do with them. So, Matt, you're a fan of Bobby Lashley. What did you think of him out there tonight, speaking for himself in the third person, no less? Still being forced. That's not the Bobby I know. You know what I mean? Hmm. Yeah, and they were killing that him referring to himself in the third person to death. I mean, first person. Um, I mean, it's like uh, we're going to try something new with Bobby. So you refer to yourself in the first person over and over and over. And uh, there's no subtlety or anything at all. So I, I just felt like, to Matt's point, it just felt very forced. Yeah. And it wasn't even funny. I mean, I still think you can do that joke and make it funny. Um, but it was just kind of lame. Yeah. You know. You, you do it a life. few times just to let people know that you think yourself that way and, and then let it catch on, not beat people over the head with it. Well, and so this leads to a match, the Miz versus Bobby Lashley. Um, this is happening. I'm thinking at the time, man, is this, this is the new feud, but no, there's distractions with uh, Shane McMahon coming out pictures of the Miz's dad. Bobby gets the better of the Miz and pins him. Shane uh, gets into it with the Miz afterwards. And this is just to set up them having a uh, steel cage match at money in the bank. So the feud continues. Shane versus The Miz. Bobby was just a little distraction here. Yeah. Well, they were just rolling through his two different storylines. That's okay to do. Yeah. Bobby versus The Miz with Leo involved? That would be a money feud. You get Leo and The Miz on the mic against one another. I'm bummed we're not getting that. Yeah. yeah. I, I've said it before. I don't see The Miz as a baby face by the time SummerSlam comes around. I just don't feel like he's best suited in this role. <clears throat> Yeah, um, <laughs> we're getting the CM Punk chants 
loudly. Uh, and Shane just been, really yeah. Shane beating the hell out of Miz. It's, it just gets hard to buy, and it's the Miz too. <laughs> but <laughs> um, I don't know. I'm sure they'll have a cool match. You know, Shane in the steel cage. I'm sure he'll do something crazy. Yep. The Viking Raiders versus the Lucha House Party. Pre-record promo from the Viking Raiders. How are you feeling about them now, Matt? How they're evolving? I know what's inevitable for them. I know the way the story ends for them. And it's a shame. Yeah. Lucha House Party attacked them before the match. Then they had the match. The Viking Raiders picked up the win. Doesn't um, matter. It does not matter. In the next three months, they're going to be a joke. They're going to make them do stupid stuff, a pumpkin head, you name it. They're going to be doing some crappy, stupid stuff and somehow turn into comedy. Mark my words. Yeah, I think uh, the Viking Raiders are making the Bludgeon Brothers look cool in hindsight. It's, uh, it's annoying, though, because they were super over with NXT. I thought there was an opportunity to transition them with so many other stars from NXT. And they just choose to not do it. They just choose to go against the grain. Yeah. Um, pretty much everything Matt said. I, I, I think they're such a talented tag team. I'd like to see them do more with them. I think they look great. I mean, this match was everything it should have been. It should have been them squashing these guys. I mean, they set it up last week. I think we had called it, but it wasn't a match. It was just to That's set up hard. a match for this week. Um, yeah. I mean, at least they changed the name. Viking Raiders is better than the Viking experience. Still, still nothing near War Machine. I almost wonder if they didn't do War Machine because Vince probably felt it was too close to heavy machinery. Like I, maybe it wasn't about having the term war at all, but it was the machine part. But anyway, um, we'll see where they go with them. Like, like I said, they got a ton of talented tag teams. The Usos and, and War Raiders, I think, would be money. Yeah. So we had Alexa Bliss out again, moment of bliss to talk about the women from Raw that are going to be in Money in the Bank. She announced Natalia. Uh, Dana Brooke came out. <laughs> and we're going to have her, Naomi. And then who was the last? Bliss uh, herself. Oh, yeah. And then Bliss. Then Alexa announced herself. That's right. So. Uh, and, Really yeah. quick, Dana. Okay, we know what happened. Everybody knows what happened. There wasn't a match here. There was just a yeah. promo segment. We don't have to hear it, dude. What's her name? Talked way too much, Dana. Oh. And I still feel like there, it's not. No, no offense to her. I'm happy they're doing stuff, but um, again, this feels forced a little bit. With her out of nowhere, having all this time now, all of a sudden, it's like we're supposed to forget the last year and a half of how they've treated and used her. And that's my biggest problem with this is that. I want people to get opportunity, so I say. But then when they do, I crap all over like I am right now, right? But the reason is because they've conditioned us for a year and a half a certain way. I just want them to stay consistent, you know? If you're not going to give uh, talents an opportunity, that sucks, and I probably won't watch the show. But if you are going to give talents opportunity, then you can't just you can't just kick it into fifth gear one week after a year and a half or so of, of – meaningless storylines we were taught not to care about her yeah it's not just that i mean wwe is supposed to be scripted sport right so could you imagine watching ufc and their promos just going back and forth or like you've been given more opportunities no you've been given more opportunities no i haven't been given you know the opportunities and that's all they're complaining about it's not 
I'm getting the title. I'm going to beat your ass. It's just as simple as that. Just complaining about who's gotten more opportunities. I thought this was just uh, hard to listen to. It was just freaking lame. Yeah. I mean, she, look, she has some goodwill that's built up in recent months mm -hmm. on social media. But if they're not giving her better material um, or letting her speak from the heart, I don't know what it was. I don't know if this was just her shooting tonight or if they gave her this. But this is not how you ride that wave of goodwill. I don't know. This, I mean, this was clearly scripted by all of them. Naomi, Nat Natalia, they were they were all kind of saying the same thing, and it it sucked because and Natalia, Naomi, you know, they're 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 good on the mic. They could do a lot better, and and this is the stuff that they're given. You know, WWE loves scripting the talent to say, uh, you know, stuff about opportunities and stuff about being happy to be here, and and that they've been waiting forever to get here, and they're finally here, and you just hear that over and over where. When you're watching a scripted sport, when you're watching boxing or MMA, that's not what you want to hear people saying when they're, you're building up a fight. I'm sure it's not this way, but in my head, I like to think it's Vince backstage and he acts out all of these things and he pretends that he's Dana Brooke. And he says, are you writing this down? Because it's how he would say it. Probably not how it's written, though. Could be. That would be more interesting. I want the supercut of Vince doing every character in the WWE, including Bray Wyatt tonight, second episode of the Firefly Funhouse. I don't know what to make of it. <laughs> I know I, I I do like it. I like different, and this is different. Um, but uh, yeah, it's very very different. It's tough to. How do we judge or rate something like this? Other than was I entertained or not? Yeah, I was. I was very entertained by it. Same here. It was uh, again second week in a row. I couldn't take my eyes off of it. It was. I don't know what to make. Yeah, you know, I don't know what they're gonna do with it. Like again, is he gonna have puppets at ringside? Uh, you know, like how are they gonna implement this when he's actually wrestling and when he's you know back in the ring? But that's I thought, what you think about the puppets being in the ring or not? Well, that's his whole gimmick, right? So how no, do you think the whole that? gimmick is that he's lulling us to sleep and robodoving us to sleep? That he's this great guy. He's this good guy. He's repented. You know what I mean? He, he's. He's been forgiven, right? And I see the cracks already, and I'm worried that they're throwing him out there too early. It's my only concern. They're throwing cracks in it that he's setting us up. You don't think? Yeah. You don't think the whole funhouse thing follows him uh, to no. get back in the ring? I, I bet you it does. Pre-tapes, pre-tapes, promos, all great stuff, right? Mm -hmm. But no, of course not. I mean, I'm sure they'll screw it up, and, and maybe there will be an appearance. Not that you said it, but. <laughs> Uh, of the puppets, but no, that's that's hokey. As it's not even hokey. Uh, that 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 is a disrespect. Saying it's hokey is is a disrespect to the term hokey when when this is concerned. I think they should take it further and it's summer, like build it all the way to SummerSlam and have Bray come out surrounded by children. Okay, they they've kind of done all that the before, it. but it would yeah. be yeah. different. They have. I mean, just go all the way with it. I mean, this is the most interesting thing. This is what everyone was talking about last week. This is what everyone was talking about tonight. It, this, like, was, this was the most interesting thing on the show, I thought. Outside, yeah. I, I like Becky, too, but uh, and Becky and, and uh, Lacey. But outside of that, it was this. Yeah. Uh, after this, Naomi versus Alexa Bliss. Naomi picking up a win because Alexa lost her shoes. No, she pulled her. Oh, she pulled her shoe off. That's she was pulling her up to like slings catapult her on her back, and her shoe came off instead. And yeah, 
this was not Eddie Guerrero. <laughs> Kurt Angle at WrestleMania. Right. I was distracted during this match because uh, Bray was wearing that red beret. So I was trying to find a picture of Fred rerun Barry from What's Happening. Right. To, like, tweet the two next to each other. So I apologize that uh, I didn't get the finer details of Naomi versus Alexa Bliss. I had more important priorities. Um, but yeah, Naomi won this match, and uh, we'll see what I, happens. I, I met Rerun as a kid. That really? Was my, like one of my first celebrities I ever met. He spoke at our high school, and they tried to get a Rerun chant going when he came out to speak, and no one was doing it. I felt so bad for the guy. But uh, <laughs> anyway, it's probably good. Don't know when we'll t talk about Rerun again, so I had to throw I that in there. Love what's <laughs> happening. That was my show as a yeah, kid. Um, too. Oh, and your name is Raj, so you kind of have the same. Hey, hey, hey. Yeah. Um, but I think, uh, again, if this match was to qualify for the Money in the Bank, I think it would have been a lot more interesting and meant something. But instead, it was just a filler match. Well, and more importantly, it would have involved the other women on the roster that aren't going to be in Money in the Bank that could have yes. used the spot on Raw. Yeah, you could add Sarah Logan versus Naomi, uh, you know, Alexa Bliss versus whoever. Ruby uh, Riot. Right. Exactly. Yeah. Where are they? Hang on, guys. Where are they getting the time for these people just to have matches? Please tell me. Oh, we have three weeks. You know, so I'm not saying they do them all today, tonight, but oh, you know, they had last week. They could have done a couple this week, a couple next week. Then you have the full, you know, all the participants. Um, the show didn't fly by, Matt. You're telling me we couldn't trim down one or two of these other segments to make room for a match? I didn't say the other stuff was good, but think about what was on tonight's show. Pretty much everything on tonight's show was set up for the pay-per-view. Whether we liked it or whether we think it was good or not, it's a different story. That's what made it feel slow. But what do you do? You take AJ versus Seth out? No. no. Do you take out the Braun ridiculousness stuff? No. Do you take out Miz and Shane? That stuff? No. What do you take out? Well, you take Ron and Ricochet, uh, turn their matches yeah. into singles matches that aren't going to that, – that thing went two segments. You have them do singles matches. That was what you just asked with the girls. There's no way well, you can do that with the girls. We need less, not more. But, Matt – To fit the girls in. We got no, three no, weeks. You already had a women's match on the show. You could have just made that a call. You're saying make them all singles. But yeah, everything that happened tonight didn't have to happen tonight because they're just going to do the same shit next week they did tonight. I'm saying do different stuff each week. Pick. How many stands the pay-per-view? Uh, they got, let's see, how many more Raws? They got one, two. Okay, so they got two more Raws between now and the pay-per-view. But including tonight, that would have been three. They could have they could put the contract signing next week. They could have had a barn burner of a match in the final tonight of Braun versus someone to get into Money in the Bank. That would have been a great way to close the show. Okay. Anyway. But yeah. And they, uh, had last week, they had the last two weeks as well, but... Yeah, they, and they could, that's true. They could have started building it earlier as well. Uh, after that, we had Lacey Evans and Becky Lynch. Becky came out explaining more about defending both titles, which I thought was good, but this, this yeah. could have been a little shorter, I thought. She did a good job, I thought. It was good. It was good. Um, I, I, I see what they see in, in Lacey Evans as far as outside of the ring. As far the way as those shorts were riding up? <laughs> well, just as poise and and uh, and charisma and stuff, I, I see it. I mean, she she stands out. So, and I thought she did. I thought she did well here. I thought her and Becky had a good uh, a good fight there, a little brawl there. And Lacey, her punches look, you know, they look legit. Great. Yeah. Yeah. No, I like Lacey a lot. Uh, I thought the promo was good, but yeah, again, we got two more weeks of this. Just got to keep it interesting. Um, 
Then we got Kurt Hawkins and Zack Ryder versus The Revival tonight. Ryder and Hawkins winning on The Revival. I guess they're going to say they were distracted because of the humiliation they felt with that shaving video being released. Um, how much longer do you keep the titles on Ryder and Hawkins, Matt? I don't know. But when you said earlier you wish that, you know, it was for the title between these guys and the Usos, you know, earlier. Yeah. I actually like when the title can do something for the talent. True. Do you know what I mean? And, and mm-hmm. I think having on them makes the tag team division seem even deeper and better. You know what I mean? Because the top few doesn't even include the tag team champions. Wow, that's how stacked this tag team division is. You know, kind of a thing. I agree, but Ryder and Hawkins aren't exactly. I'm not saying, but that proves yeah. my point that the, the titles do the work for them. The titles are what give them legitimacy. Without those titles, are you really caring about Zach and uh, Hawkins? Does anybody give two shits about them? I don't know point? if they do right now. I mean, when when they came out in this match, it just seemed pretty pretty dead. They don't. They also, that, they also were dead for AJ Styles tonight. At the end of the night, yeah, that segment kind of sucked. <laughs> yes, when his music hit, they were dead. You know what? They've been kind of dead for AJ. They were kind of dead for him last week too. Um, I don't know. Well, I mean, I they picked up. We'll, we'll get to it. Uh, yeah, I think Ryder and Hawkins, but they're not making us care about them. I mean, this match at WrestleMania was announced online. <laughs> Yeah, give them a promo or something. Give no them, story, no build. Nothing. Yes. Yeah. Um, and tonight, I mean, look, with the Revival, I mean, they've beat the Revival a bunch uh, with this, which is fine. But I think that if you're building up the Revival to go against the Usos, you're right, Matt. That doesn't need the title. I think for fans of wrestling, Dash and Dawson versus the Usos is just a killer feud to have. doesn't need any stakes. It's literally who's the best. A potential tag team dream match for for me. I've always wanted to see those two teams go. Yeah, it'll be awesome. No, and that's the thing. But I think I don't know. It's uh, I don't know what they do with Ryder and Hawkins long term to just make them interesting because it's great that they've got the titles, but it just yeah it doesn't mean anything. Um, after that, we got the uh, confirmation: Miz and Shane are going to be steel cage and money in the bank. Then Sami Zayn came out. Sami still not in a feud with anyone. Uh, but just wanted to talk about the to- toxicity of WWE fans and their sense of entitlement. Is this still working for you, Matt? Yes, it is. It's still getting it's still getting his character over. He's still adding that layer to his quote unquote onion, so to speak. Um, and I like it. I like it a lot. Yeah, I think um, he delivers it great. It's you know, I wonder how much longer they can go with it. He 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 mixes it up enough to where. He's kind of saying the same thing every week, but he he changes it up enough that it doesn't feel like the same promo. Um, the key is you he feels it. You think you can see him feeling the disdain for the fans being real. That's the best part of everything. It doesn't matter to me what he says. It's how he says it. Every week he comes out. And every week he comes out, you can feel it. He detests these fans. He legitimately thinks it's their fault. He didn't get the success he did. And you can feel that off of him. You almost wonder if Vince is working with him on these promos because a lot yes, of this sounds I, like I, I, I bet you he is, honestly. Because a lot of it sounds like stuff <laughs> that Vince would feel, you know, saying like, uh, mm-hmm. you know, they think the consumer is always right and they're not. And the fans, right. you know. yep. Again, I want to see Vince backstage acting this out for Sammy, <laughs> telling him what to say, you know. He does uh, do that, you know, he yeah, really does do that. Yeah, I know. That's why, I mean, that 
how much do I have to pay for a network subscription that includes that? How, how much do you think he's doing at that of that these nowadays? Days? I, I don't know, but you like you said, that's an example of one I'm sure, and then some of the other guys too, especially yeah. ones that kick off the, epi- the 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 Monday Night Raw show. I bet you a lot of those. Yeah, yeah. Uh, who do you have feud with Sammy? Who st- who stands up to him? Then? I'm worried it's gonna be something like Braun who just crushes him. I'm like, what the hell was that all worth? I think Ricochet would be great. Ricochet would be great. But then well, again, it's got to be someone not in Money in the Bank, though. Well, unless they, unless then, yeah, they probably just pass into their paper. Exactly. I'm fine with that. Yeah, don't rush a feud in the next two weeks. Just keep it going. And then after Money in the Bank, then you transition to his next feud. And, well, he's uh, not going to be going to Saudi Arabia, I assume. So stomping ground would be the pay-per-view this would build up to. Stomping ground. Yep. <laughs> stomping ground. Not backlash. Stomping grounds. And, and and if it was in Connecticut, I could see naming it Stomping Grounds, but it's in Tacoma, Washington. So it's, this is like last year, Great Balls of Fire. Was it last year? Two years ago, it was Great Balls. Two years of fire ago. Yeah, it's another one. The name kind of kind of outshadows the event itself. But yeah, Saudi Arabia. So it looks like the NXT takeover that was scheduled for that uh, the day after that Saturday. Uh, so that would have been June eighth, I believe. Whatever that Saturday is that weekend, uh, that is looks to be probably out the window. They're going to do an NXT TV taping Wednesday and Thursday. Uh, we'll see where they go. I'm guessing the War Machine. They probably lose their tag titles at these tapings. But yeah, so the NXT takeover looks like it's going to be moved. Uh, Backlash already was moved. Now it's called Stomping Grounds, and it's going to be uh, June 23rd at the Tacoma Dome in Tacoma, Washington. There you have it. Samoa Joe versus Rey Mysterio tonight. Much lengthier match than uh, what they have. And well, certainly what they had at Mania. Um, Dominic coming out at the end, putting Rey on his shoulders, which I thought was a great visual uh, showing their size difference. Uh, how's this feud working for you, Matt? I don't like it for. Uh, I thought I would, but for Joe and what I think they should be doing with him, I don't like it. Gosh, I mean, I, I hate sounding like a broken record, but how many times do we talk about the feuds just being guys trading victories with no story? It's just, you know, Joe beat Mysterio at Mania. Now Ray beats Joe. Joe already, he's been on Raw two weeks, has lost both times, been yeah, both weeks. He's the U.S. freaking champion. The titles are treated like crap. No one cares. I mean, yep. it's. I hate saying it over and over, but it's true. These uh, title holders are not made to look like anything when they have the titles. So it, it does no good for the title or the wrestler. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I think Dominic getting involved in this would be interesting. He's going to take a bump. Dominic's got great grace. You can see it already. He's got good body language. He's got confidence in his uh, promo abilities. You can just tell with a little bit that he does, like in the backstage, and yet they did before the match. Yeah. He just, he's very comfortable in front of a camera. And he is training. I mean, that's where they could take this feud is have Samoa Joe take out Dominic, choke him out, like do something to get to just not be just trading victories and, and just, you know, just having matches over and over. <laughs> Some, have a storyline. Yeah. Samoa Joe is the family killer, you know, <laughs> or going after people's families like he did with AJ. Mm-hmm. Hey, it's something. I think it were I think Joe can pull it off. I think with AJ it was fantastic. Um see this was okay tonight. I mean Ray picked up a victory. Uh yeah. 
do Son of Sun's shoulders at the end. We'll see what happens next week. And lastly, the uh, final segment tonight was the contract signing for the Universal title match that's going to happen, Money in the Bank. Seth Rollins versus AJ Styles. AJ came out, talked about, you know, uh, built SmackDown. Now he's here to go for the Ultimate, which is the Universal Championship, changing things up. Seth and him going back. Uh, I've said it before. This is a feud where they keep talking about how much they respect one another. Mm-hmm. Is that ever interesting? Mm-hmm. I'd like to see something deeper in between two characters that I care about. Um, but I don't want to crap on it right away because it's baby, baby, and it's, you know, I respect you. No, I respect you. Crap. Um, because these are like two of my top three favorite wrestlers to watch at the moment, right? And I am excited that they are wrestling each other for the universal title um, from the athletic standpoint. But as far as, like, meat and potatoes storyline, it's a little weak Anytime you're having to talk like that. I did like AJ's cockiness. At first, I didn't understand it. And I was like, dude, he's completely turning himself heel right now. What is he doing? <laughs> um, you know, but maybe that was the point. You know, maybe he was supposed to be that kind of cocky. You know, well, delivering those lines. He talked about uh, pulling out surprises. He also talked about interferences in matches Seth was in before. Made me think Gallows and Anderson are on Raw now. I don't think they've got plans for them after tonight's match with the Usos. Maybe that's uh, part of a heel turn from AJ. Where the hell did you get that from? I'm just thinking. I'm just thinking what he was saying. He was saying you got to pull out a surprise. You got to do something. And he talked to Rollins about how interferences in his matches before have been an issue. But both ways talked about the shield, talked about other shield. things that have happened. So I don't know. Not once that I think uh, maybe you're right. That'd be good if you're right because I think that'd be great for the all three three guys. I don't see them doing that right now, just because Gallus and Anderson their contracts are coming up, and WWE has clearly not been pushing them because of that because they haven't resigned. Oh, they're not getting offered five hundred thousand dollars each. I think it, it might be. <laughs> yeah, I would I want to hear Jim Ross say those names specifically before I'll believe that report. All right. Is he saying it specifically? No, he didn't mean he didn't mention names. He said that someone that they're not using trusted that's hands not on TV. Yeah. Yeah. Or good hands in the ring. Speaking of which, Rob, Bobby Roode not even on Raw tonight after they debuted <laughs> this new character and gave him a win over Ricochet. <laughs> How is the stocks? I think the stock's taking a big hit after their earnings. Now it's at like $82 off a high of 100 But how is the stock at $82? Stockholders are not watching the show week in and week out. No. There's no way. Yeah. No. Let's get back to this segment. We'll get back to the stock and, and the business stuff. Yeah. Um, yeah I mean, <laughs> what more is there to say? They respect each other. They. Turn uh, AJ, you know, oh, yeah. Punch Sh- shocking. Uh, a contract signing, people start throwing blows. AJ Styles sucker punched him. Um, and then, um, Seth Rollins was able to turn it around on him, did the outside dive on, on AJ. It looked like things were about to go to black, but no, AJ came back in the ring, did his little uh flying elbow off the top rope, put Seth through a table, which was pretty sweet. Pretty that was great. cool. That was cool. And they went out on that. Um, so the question is, is AJ Styles a heel? Did he turn? I hope so, because this this uh this up until that point, this was pretty bland stuff. Um it's kind of baby baby one oh one promo, you know, where they're talking about, you know, I respect you, but uh, I'm gonna beat you. You you're you're not you know, you're not as good as right. as I am. 
you know, it's just very on the surface, basic stuff. So um, I'd like to see it taken. Again, like I've said, I feel like AJ's kind of gotten stale lately and I'd like to see him turn heel and, and add that edge back. I, and um, yeah, I mean, if they re-sign Gallus and Anderson, I'd like to see, you know, first they give them a different name other than a club and give them a, a you know, a real, uh, a real run. Mm-hmm. Uh, just think about everything else you watch. No spoilers for Avengers, but imagine if Thanos was like, Avengers, I really respect what you've done in protecting Earth. <laughs> you know, you got a good thing going here. But yeah, yeah. Or, 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 or in the Fast and Furious from Vin, Vin Diesel and The Rock. They're both good guys, right, in the movie. But before they're about to fight, if they're just talking about how much they respect each other, it just it sucks. Yeah. Does. Nothing but, interesting about it. Or Johnny oh. and Daniel before they fought in Cobra Kai. Yep. <laughs> anyway, I just want to watch that again. I gonna, like I could have done that. I could have. It's been three hours of Cobra Kai for the second time tonight instead of Raw. <laughs> yeah. <sighs> so that was Raw tonight. Uh, Money in the Bank's coming up in a few weeks. We'll see what happens on SmackDown tomorrow. SmackDown. Hopefully, will be a pleasant surprise. The Hardys are going to talk about what's going on with them tomorrow night. Find out what's up with Jeff's injury. Yeah. So we talked about stomping grounds that's happening in June after Saudi Arabia. Yep. Um, Talked about or alluded to WWE business declining Q1. Raj, what's the scoop there? So the revenues were down. And now this is, I think, kind of the big thing. It's it's one thing... um, it's one thing if your your profits down because you know they're they're increasing spending they're spending more on on talent these new performance centers are opening up but the revenues were down from the same quarter last year 187.7 million to 182.4 million so uh over five million dollars a decline in in their overall revenues and now they're they went from a uh 14.8 million dollar profit last year in that first quarter to a loss of 8.4 million. So $23 million shift uh, from a profit to a loss. So they recorded the loss. Pretty much everywhere where consu- there's consumer spending, uh, the numbers are down, in most cases, double digits outside of, I think, the network. But TV ratings are down 14, 13% for Raw and SmackDown, while network TV is only down 5%. The other top 25 cable networks are only down 20, uh, sorry, 5%. Uh, live attendance in North America was down 11%. And that includes the Royal Rumble number, which was in the stadium. So, um, you know, if you take that out, it would have been even more. So it's all bad stuff pretty much in this, but they're probably, they're not going to have another quarter where they lose money. Once the Fox deal kicks into the gear uh, later this year, USA network, they got an India deal coming up, their renewal in India, which they're expecting two and a half times the rights fees. So they're going to be swimming in money later this year, but they're, their popularity is dec- declining. Fan spending is declining. So basically, they're making more money per fan, but losing fans. At some point, that's uh, you're gonna you know reach a tipping point with that. At some point, you need to make new fans, and they're not doing that right now. They're losing more than they're gaining as far as fans go. And shows like this, I, if you're somebody watching for the first time, are you gonna get hooked on Raw watching the show tonight? or any of the shows recently? How do you make new fans when this is what you're churning out? No surprise, no excitement, no suspense. Uh, It's just matches, matches, uh, formulate promo, matches, matches. I haven't ordered a WWE t-shirt in like over a year. (laughs) It's been a decade for me, but (laughs) 
more than that. Anyway, so that's where it's uh, just not good news on that front right now. But they are going to be making they are going to be making tons of profit at the end of the year. So, and with the Saudi deal next quarter, uh, with the Saudi show, they will definitely have a almost definitely have be uh, making a, a decent profit next quarter. Yeah. What do you think, Matt? If you didn't watch this stuff to, for this podcast, would you be uh, watching all every week? and stomach ulcers and I want to finish this damn show and not talk about silly crap that I don't care about. Um, you guys, I mean, don't get me wrong. Some of you guys like talking about stock, so I apologize to those that do like to watch it, all three of you at home. But um, I don't care. I don't have stock in the company, so I don't care. But yes, I know why we talk about it because it shows the, you know, the direction the company is going, right? What, why they're getting the losses they got and the logic with Raj connects it to with why aren't they doing more to get new fans? The argument is very simple. They have tried that. They've tried to go out and get mainstream media people, and we shit all over the general population that makes up wrestling fans that will always come to every show. Crap on that. They, they don't like it. So WWE went out on a limb and finally started to try to cater toward the new age wrestling fan, if you will, the smart mark, the online fan, finally, after years of fighting it, right? And they're showing a loss right now. So all those years that they used to say, hey, this type of wrestling will never draw money, may have had some warrant. Well, they're not giving these guys real storylines either. I mean, yeah, they are pushing the stuff wrong from the AJ Styles. can't pull it off. Are you kidding me? What's that? Well, most of these kids can't pull it off. A storyline? With, with, with real legitimate acting like and actually really putting yourself in there like The Rock or a Stone Cold or guys like that that really ate, slept, and drank their characters and ad-libbed and weren't scared shitless to do it and just did it versus, hi, I'm wrestler A and I'm told to say this. I'm so honored to be part of company. I fought for 13 years to get here. I'm now here. But that's what they're being given. But uh, Matt, you do have stomach ulcers. You're not feeling well. We will have a uh, more in-depth discussion about this uh, once you're once you're 100. <laughs> cool. On that note, guys, uh, let's wrap it up for tonight. We're going to be back tomorrow to talk about SmackDown Live. Till next time, we'll catch you back here on the Wrestling Inc. Podcast. Take care, and uh, remember to drink drink a lot of fluids if you're not feeling well. See you next time.